The following program contains views that are not those of WVTC, iNetworks Communications, their subsidiaries, affiliates, or financial supporters. Welcome to the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show, where we get to the root of things and apply the Word of God to every aspect of our lives. Worship, application, and read is how we declare war upon the enemy and bring the light of God and His love for us into every atmosphere. Join your host, author, and singer-songwriter, April D. Metzler, as she and a few special guests dive deep into Scripture and demonstrate the Bible in action through their testimony. April is passionate about understanding the heart behind every subject and helping you pursue a relationship with God for a victorious life every day. Are you ready for real, candid, and vulnerable conversations about God, His Word, and His love for you? Grab your Bible, pen, and study pad, and let's visit. it. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another broadcast for the RSVP show for the Declaring War segment over on WBTC Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We are going to be going into the second chapter of First Timothy. And if you had tuned in last week, we actually didn't get to the, the final verses um, in First Timothy one, and I am going to recap those real quick, but they are the the known ones about fighting the good fight. So you see all of the the signs and the the memes and the the graphic designs and T-shirts and all that jazz that reference that particular passage. So we'll go ahead and honor and uh, pour that out in, over the airwaves so that we can make sure to do that before we dive into chapter two. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, April Metzler. I am excited to dive into this award today. I am a little bit worn out today, though, so to, the excitement is all inward. It's not shown <laughs> outward on display. Um, otherwise, I'd be be all you know running around 100 miles an hour, I guess, right? Well, glory to God, just uh, if you could bow your heads and join me in prayer real quick so that we can bless this time, bless this broadcast, and bless everyone that's tuning in now and, and who will tune in on the replay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your justice, God. We thank you that you know all of our needs. You know what we have uh, going on in our lives. You know our our hurts, our pains, our struggles, our fears, our doubts, our insecurities that that we give into in, in these these times, you know. And God, we know that you know those things that we struggle with, and you and we know that they're not our identity. You are our identity, and we just ask that you show us that in each of those situations, God impress upon our hearts what it looks like to see ourselves through the lens of your eyes, God, what does it look like for us to, to foster the relationship that we have with you even more so that we have clarity, that we have that insight as to what it is to be a child of God when it comes to these things, the fear that comes at us that, that we decide that we're going to hold on to for a little bit and let it entertain, you know, our environment, let it, um, let it impact everything that we've got going on uh, where we don't take steps out. You know, what does it look like to switch that and, and walk in the do not fear realm of your life in your living, that, that abundant life that you have for us. God, teach us these things, show us these things, lead us into your everlasting way and show us what it looks like to walk that straight path that you have for us as you straighten it, straighten it for us, God. Um, show what show us what it looks like to be completely 100% dependent on you for all of our needs, all of our our fights, our battles, our struggles, the things that come up against us. What does it look like to completely set our focus on you, God? Teach us these things. For every heart that's on this broadcast, I just ask that a new awareness of your love for them, Father God, be upon their lives in this day. If they don't know you, God, 
I ask that they they just be ministered to right now, send divine connections across their path so that they can be poured into um, to have that introduction conversation about who Jesus Christ is and who you are, God, and who Holy Spirit is and what that looks like in their lives. Um, I also ask that there be healing upon everyone that needs it right now in the name of Jesus. I don't know who is struggling with what, God, but we know that you are the healer. You are the ultimate physician, and you have a way about you that keeps us, keeps us protected, keeps us provided for, keeps us in you at all times, God, so that, that we can endure through and be sustained and refreshed and renewed and strengthened and comforted in all of the things um, that we do in our lives. So we just ask for that fullness of healing, that full salvation, healing as well, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, the whole shebang, God. That's what we ask in the name of Jesus be done unto every listener on this broadcast, as well as every person that's connected with them as well, Father. And it's in the precious name of Jesus that we ask these things, knowing that when we ask in his name, it will be done unto us so that the Father, you, God, are glorified through your Son. And amen, amen. All right. So we're going to go in and go ahead and read starting in verse 18 of 1 Timothy chapter 1 so that we can have this over the airwaves and and we, you know, hear on this declaring war segment and pretty much all my broadcasts that I do. Um, the whole point is just to let God's word do what it's going to do. It's meant to do what it is going to do. And so we know that, you know, you can go back in Isaiah and find, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that's power packed about God's word. But one of them is that it does not return to him void. You know, God's word will not return to him void, but it will. It will indeed accomplish that which it was sent out for. And so we're going to send it out. And we start in verse 18 of 1 Timothy 1. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight, keeping faith in a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Among these are Hominus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. Now, we're not going to spend too much time diving into this. But um, I do want to encourage you to ask God what it looks like to fight the good fight. Um, keeping faith and a good conscience, right? In your whatever season you're in right now. It might be something small that you're fighting against. It might be... Um, Thoughts that come into your mind that have been that you've been struggling with that are they're causing you to be tempted to stay depressed or or oppressed um, thoughts that that attack your value or worth, you know, just little things that are coming in. What does it look like to fight the good fight? Keeping the faith and a good conscience in those type of battles, big small, uh, unseen, seen, all of the, the type of things that we come up against in this world and, uh, and concerning spiritual matters as well. What does it look like? You know, I encourage you to seek God in regards to that. And, uh, and that's, that's a challenge. I'll just set that down for you. What better way to, to apply that than for you to consider how it applies? There you go. So we'll start in 1 Timothy 2 for this particular broadcast that we're here for. Now we only have, it looks like, 15 verses today, which is not going to be too much. And that gave us that space to read the other one that we didn't get to last week. So that's awesome, right? God providing right there. It says in verse um, 1, beginning in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. 
before kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony given at the proper time. Oh, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And then the testimony given at the proper time. Missed that comma. Sorry, you guys. For this, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Now, I'm going to go ahead and stop right there. And we're going to dive in a little bit to this. I, I want to emphasize a few things. I know that in common terms, especially here in the U.S., um, we do have this uh, attitude that is taken when someone says, well, first of all, but I don't know if that's how how Paul intended it in the writing here. I can't imagine it being delivered in such a way, um, but it still begs to the question, you know, is, is this an attention getter? Yes. Yes, it is. So first of all, we're lining out a foundation here. First of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. I'm going to stop right there because one of the things that we want to want to do is look inward in this moment. Are you April? I'll just use myself as an, as an example. Are you April, April making entreaties? On behalf of all men, making prayers on behalf of all men, making petitions on behalf of all men and and giving thanks on behalf of all men. So they're talking about what we call in our in our um, Christian faith based realms uh, that are that are prayer oriented. We'll just say that they're speaking about intercession, you know, and what that looks like to basically do as Jesus Christ is doing on behalf of the world right now. He is the mediator of the world. And we are um, we are being likened unto what he gave us as an example. You know, we're supposed to be growing in the knowledge of God. We're supposed to be coming into that alignment and abiding in Christ in God. And so he says, you know, as the father is so am I. And then he turns around and says, the father's in me and I'm in the father. And then, <laughs> and then I'm in you. So what does that look like to operate in that fullness and, and mirror what Jesus is doing on a, on a regular basis? Like he, he doesn't cease to be our mediator. Um, and he makes the connection back to God. And, and so are we, as a, as a body of Christ, as the body of Christ, are we, you know, giving thanks for all men or are we backbiting? Are we yakking at one another? Are we condemning each other? Are we, you know, cursing one another? And DZ is coming in from Nigeria. Hey brother, how are you doing? Um, it's, it's one of those things that we've got to consider because if we are not doing so on behalf of all men, and there are some men, some people in our lives that we're leaving out, people that wronged us, people that um, literally spew hate out of their mouth toward us, uh, people that attack us on a regular basis or belittle us or have abused us or neglected us or done all sorts of kinds of unspeakable things to us. You know, are we meeting this, this command, this instruction when it says, first of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. There, there's no exception to the word all. All is completely inclusive. How many people are there on this world, you know, on this planet right now in this moment? Um, and are, are you just concerned about your universe around you? You know, like your routine, your schedule, 
you know, um, your day to day or have you prayed for others? I think that that's something to to think about before we even dive into verse two. That's just verse one. There's just so much meat into it. Are you thanking God for the guy that cut you off in traffic? You know, are you thanking God for that person that you heard stole from your your cousin, you know, last week? Are you thanking God for, you know, all people? You know, are you giving Thanksgiving for or on behalf of all men? You know, there's I don't know. It's like he's he, there's a point here and he he comes in and closes it in four. But let's go ahead and, and go through um, two where it talks about authority. So it talks about um, also to do so on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that it's like we don't want to stop there but we do want to take a moment i don't care if you agree with the people that are in authority or not your obligation as a person of faith in in a believer of this word you have a responsibility to pray. You just do. And so what does that look like in action in your day? Instead of griping and complaining about the circumstances that we're in, just use the U.S. for an example. How many people are actually submitting wholeheartedly, by faith, without doubting, to prayer? that that involves, you know, all people in authority, all the way down to even your town. Our government structure here in the U.S. is a little bit different than over there in Nigeria, of course, DZ. Um, but uh, all of the all of the people that are placed in authority, you know, are, are you respecting them, even if what they are doing is not in the right, you know, you, there's a, there's a way that we are to, to operate in our, our walk. And it's definitely not, let's go back to basics. It doesn't matter who you're talking to because God's not a respecter of persons. It's not about that. It's about how you talk to people, how you, how you look at them. You know, it's the heart behind it. Where's your heart posture when you think about people and when you are, um, dealing with circumstances that are beyond your control, that are the responsibility of people in authority. You know, what is your heart posture? And the end result is, and I'm just going to skip down a, a little bit instead of uh, focusing on the what's in it for me, which is the second half of two. Um, it literally talks about God and for about how he desires all men. Again, the word all I'm going to emphasize until I have no more breath to breathe. All men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Our God, God Almighty, the creator of everything, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end, does not want anyone to fall short of this opportunity to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants all men to be saved. He desires all to be saved. Will they all choose to be saved? No. Will they all choose, you know, to do right by the people, you know, of whoever they're in authority of, whether it be a boss at a job or, you know, a governor or whatever, um, some type of leader that's in authority? Are they going to choose always, you know, to do what's best for everybody? Probably not. Probably not. But hearts can be changed. And, and that is a uh, not a us thing. That's a God thing. You know, that's that's the Holy Spirit in operation. That's Jesus Christ, you know, um, being our mediator, as it says. And that's God moving things into place for that to come into alignment. Um, he may knock on the door multiple times, but if no one opens the door, then he can't come and sit down, can he? 
So the whole point of this, you know, this passage here, though, is it's not about who's wronged us. It's not about who's not doing their job or who's doing things that are, you know, not good for the people that they're responsible for or what have you. It's not about that. It's about what are you doing in in response to those things. But it's not even it shouldn't be in response. It should be what we're operating in on a daily basis. Like, are we offering prayers and entreaties? Are we offering petitions and thanksgivings on behalf of all men and all of an authority? Are we? Or is it just something that you do just like, just like when things go wrong? You know, we, we don't want, we don't want to, God to be our emergency phone contact number. You know, he doesn't, it's not the one, he's not the one that we call in case of emergency. He's our daily call because we enjoy his company and his relationship that we have with him. You know, it's this, it's a constant communion, uh, consistent, you know, existence in him. And so um, just like like that, we don't want that to be the case. We also don't want it to be where the only time that we pray for people in authority is when things are going wrong. No, when, even when in good times, in and out of season, we must be ready. In good times and bad times, you know, in, in more difficult times, like, you know, the economy is experiencing in this particular season, um, I don't do politics and, and all that nonsense on here. Um, those are things like grass, they fade, they're gone, you know, they're here one moment, gone the next. Um, and those things can shift instantaneously because God's in control of everything. And, um, and I won't get into all of that. I just know that, that God is on the throne and he always will be, and nothing's going to change that. And if he deems something to change, he's going to deem it to change and it will be in his exact opportune perfect timing um and nothing can come against that and so um when god moves he moves but uh while we are waiting on on the lord to do as he will do and we are submitting unto him are we also praying are we praying are we a praying body of christ or are we a Wednesday and Sunday body of Christ? Are we a united praying body of Christ? And that's a whole other level. Are we a kingdom minded in our prayers, full submitted heart posture body of Christ? Um, because that that is the goal. And it's, you know, it says... Of course, the, the result of these types, these calibers, these higher levels of, of submitted praying to, um, to the Father, um, it says, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. So, you know, the question becomes with all of this is, you know, really a reflection question of, what what are you looking at all men through? Like, what lens are you looking through them? Um, what are you filtering that through? Is it the news? Is it, you know, um, life experiences? Is it past experiences that you haven't allowed God to heal? Is it... Um, conflict and chaos that you see around you? I mean, what what is it that you are... What, what are you filtering those things through um, that's hindering your prayer uh, life? Because if your prayers are not coming from that sincere, repented, completely submitted area, you know, like you're, you're, there's no selfish ambition, no sordid gain that you desire, no ulterior motives in your prayer, no, what you're going to get as a result of it, um, how it benefits you, you know, you don't, that's not where, where the, the source should be for your prayer life. 
And if we don't um, address that and if we don't really evaluate personally, each of us individually and as a whole body of Christ, if we don't get into alignment and unity in how we pray and how we intercede, then, you know, it's it's uh, it's just it's not going to be profitable if that is the right word. It's not going to be of, of good consequence, I guess, of profitable consequence. Because in three, it says, if we do this, this full abiding, aligning, looking unto these things from a higher perspective, shifting our focus um, to the eternal versus the temporal, to the spiritual versus the flesh-driven uh, existence of the world. Um, if we if we stay up here at a higher level, then in three it says this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And then, it, of course, I already reiterated for who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, uh, if if your whole whole conversation with God, you know, like when we when we have our come to Jesus meeting up in heaven and we're sitting here talking about, you know, the things, you know, what everything that God wrote down in our book. Right. And we're having that that visit. Um I know that many of us that seek his kingdom and his righteousness desire to hear the, the, you know, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Yet, what if, what if that was contingent upon how we prayed for others? Like, what if, you only received that if you were diligent to pray for all men with a clean and pure heart. Just something to think about. So then it, it goes in and it talks about how, um, how there is only one, right? So it says, for there is one God, and one mediator also between God and men, he, the reconciliation, right? Paul talks about it and he says that we are all, there's that all word again, all called to the, this ministry of reconciliation back to God through Christ Jesus. And we, we do so, we help to reconcile people back to God by introducing them to Jesus Christ. And, and we do that in it's referenced in many ways of, of sharing the gospel. Well, what does it look like to introduce someone to Jesus so that they understand that there is one God and one mediator? And, and what does it look like to, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus as that connection piece back to God? You know, he did every everything that he did while he was walking on this earth and, and that we find in in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John um talk about recount his personal testimony and it talks about about all of the different ways that he literally never once wanted anyone to to consider like him as almighty savior it was like i do nothing unless I, I hear the father, you know, say these things or, or I do nothing unless he tells me to do them. You know, it's, it's, he was completely and wholly uh, submitted in all of his ways. His words that he spoke or did not speak. His actions that he took or did not take. You know, those, that, that is how he operated while he was here on this earth. And it was constantly, though, constantly covered, purified, strengthened, and, and edified in prayer. It was just doused and saturated in prayer. And it was literally um, 
the prayers that were were sent up, of course, would to the Father. You know, they weren't selfish. They were they were all about like, what am I supposed to do on this earth right now to establish what you want established, God, for your people? It was this. He came to to save the the world you know, and to provide this freedom from the bondage of sin and death. And he, it was not, how, how did any of that benefit him personally? Probably not at all. But, you know, the, the, at the end, he was exalted high above every name that is named, you know, everything that could possibly be named. He was exalted above that and and put into the authority position of that. But that's that's just for a season as well. I mean, that there is until all of his enemies become a footstool, right? And uh these these things are again though, he's constantly working. He hasn't let up once since he took that responsibility. He literally became the high priest and he is our advocate who never ceases to petition on your behalf and on behalf of every person in the world. He's constantly, constantly advocating on your behalf, interceding and being that mediator you know, of grace and mercy, right? And also justice being done as well. And so he literally, though, it says, who gave himself as a ransom for all the test for all, and then the testimony given at the proper time for this, I was appointed a preacher and apostle, which this is Paul talking to Timothy in that instance, making sure that you know he's telling the truth, he's not lying, and he's also was appointed as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. But this, he gave himself as a ransom. It's, you know, the, he, he did all of this voluntarily. He literally walked through this most horrible of circumstances, again, not putting thought to himself in the flesh, but looking ahead to the prize that needed to be acquired, that crown of victory. And he was on a mission, you know, and it was for the world, the benefit of the world, not himself. And so what does it look like, again, to maintain that higher level of focus in the ministry work that you do? Because, again, like I said, um, we are all called to this ministry of reconciliation. So what does it look like to desire to, to ask God to, to replace things of, that you once desired in this world before you met Jesus, right? And replace them with his new desires for you in the, that hope of his calling, that calling that you're called to, you know, your what you're called to do, your purpose in life, you know, we, there is a a reason that we're we're all here, and um, that love of God, that's it, you know, you you get to know Him and know His love for you. That relationship ends up having a ripple effect all the way around you in every single environment that you're in. And it impacts people with love. And that love reverberates across nations and it unites people. It brings people together. It heals. It saves. It restores. It strengthens. It encourages. It builds up. It, it literally qualifies you. Once you know the love of God, you are now qualified to share the love of God. And, and as that, that is, that is the ultimate, like, that's, that's your, your biggest goal. That, that should be like hashtag life goals right there. And, and that's, that's one of the things that we find Paul pouring into Timothy about in this manner. And, um, and so he goes on and he says in, we'll go ahead and, and uh, 
take a brief, brief break real quick and I'll be right back and we'll finish up from verse 8 to 15. All right. Hold on one second. Your words have power. I'm Sherry Jones, your Speak Life Coach, and I welcome you to join me for the Sherry Speak Life Podcast, where I share life lessons that demonstrate the power of our words and I leverage that power in every area of our lives. You can join the conversation on your favorite podcast platform, or you can join me live at Sherry Speaks Life on Facebook and YouTube. Are you ready to speak life? Let's get started. All right. Thank you guys for that moment there. I am diving into um, men and women in the church. Now, um, he pivoted to a whole other topic here, but he he does actually talk about um, focus and what it is that we're focusing on. And uh, there's some very strict guidelines that he puts in place here for men and women in the actual church body. But um I'm going to address a few of those things real quick. But it says, Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Okay, so there's a lot being said to women specifically right now. Now, I want to definitely delve into a few things here. You know, at this time, Timothy is getting um, getting put into a position um, he's going to be taking over uh, the church of Ephesus, I believe. And he is actually diving into, hey, you know, you've got some false doctrine going on and we need to squash that right now. And then you've also got people that are are just they're following different ways that aren't how I set them in place, basically. And that's an easy, generic way of saying that. But he's, one thing I want to emphasize here, though, the very first line, which is pretty much the, the only one that's directed specifically at the men, and that I actually don't, I don't see, I don't see a whole lot of right now in the body is that, that leading caliber of prayer. So I don't know. Um, it's been, it's been a minute since I've seen, um, men in every place praying, lifting up holy hands. Um, and, uh, I don't know why that is, but, uh, I, I pray for all that that changes swiftly in the name of Jesus. But the the point is though, not I mean it's it's that it's that not being concerned with what people have to say about the fact that you're lifting your hands up to God. You know, it's not uh it's not a weakness to submit to God. Um if anything, it is the strongest thing that you could possibly do. And uh, women who are, I'm just going to sit here and interject this. I don't know why, but we're going to go this route. Women who are seeking to know God more, that are seeking God, seek first his, you know, his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, they're on that, that walk as a daughter of God. As a woman 
that is desiring godliness as it references here in this passage. We'll just use that. Um, that says that, that that's their heart's desire, right? And they walk that walk as well. Having a, a man that knows how to submit is desirable because it's a it's an honor to submit, if that makes sense. And so when you when you as a woman can see a man honoring God, the same God that you seek after and honor yourself, right? It just, there's just something about that that is desirable. And so I don't know who needs to hear that, but in, in my own personal view and, and, uh, Sisters in, in Christ that are women of God. I, I know that we can all in unison say that, uh, that that's the, the number one thing I believe um, that would draw us in is to see a man submitting to the Father. And so... Um, if you can do that on a on a public basis, like Paul is is actually telling Timothy, this is what I expect of men. This is what behavior I want them to demonstrate is that I want men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without dissension in unity. Right. In full unity. What does that look like in action? Say we have, wouldn't it be awesome to see, like, just, let's paint this picture real quick. We have, we have big, huge, like, uh, churches. Let's just say, we won't go to the 10,000, you know, let's just say a thousand, a thousand members of a church. 50% of them are men. And they all stand and lift up their hands in submission to God Almighty all together. Not one of them has their hands down and it's unashamed. It's without without looking around or anything because they, they know that their father accepts them in fullness and therefore they are accepted by default by their peers and even if they weren't accepted which i don't even know why that is the case in any body of christ but if they weren't it wouldn't matter like that unashamed confidence in christ boldness to completely submit to god and lead the charge doing that like Submission is leadership. If I can even even delve into that, man, there's a, there's a whole teaching on what that is. But submission is leadership. I have a brother in Christ that wrote a book um, that talks about um, being a leader that is is valiant. It's the vanguard leader. And he talks about uh, Dr. William Valmere, but he talks about the different levels of leadership. When you lead, you have to be able to step back and see how you impact people that are above you, how you impact people that are below you, and how you impact people that are on your on your level of as a leader and then all around it's it's multifaceted when it comes to that but you have to submit to the understanding that you impact every single person around you first before you understand how to become a a good leader and what does it look like to serve others through that leadership you know uh there's a whole whole teaching there that we could talk about but yes submission is leadership uh, Jesus Christ are, is our, our prime example. He submitted 
to the Father's will every step of the way. He didn't even think think about himself. It wasn't a, well, what about me? It wasn't about like, well, here's my idea. And then what do you think, God? It wasn't that. It was a, God, what is your idea here? That's a full submission. So anyways, uh, I don't know who needed that, but we're just going to pour that out over their ways. And then it talks about, likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. Now, um, when it comes to um, the, the, of course, this is a little bit, um, one of those things that gets debated and, and taken out of proportion um, or or blown out of proportion, whatever you want to say, and um, made a big deal about is, well, <laughs> well, this is just the way I am. This is the way I dress. This is what, you know, this is just me. And if I can't be me, then I don't want to be in here. And, and uh, you know, uh, that, this scripture is actually talking about Women making a claim to godliness. So let's rewind that track about let's the focus isn't a, it's not the clothes that the focus is. The clothes is much like like when we operate in faith and we walk by faith, not by sight. Right. The good works that we do, we don't. We don't earn God's love and we don't earn God's acceptance and grace and mercy and all of that by what we do. No, by faith, we submit to being a child of God and we walk that out and works are a result of that relationship that we have. We we desire to do that which honors God that which makes sure to not become a stumbling block for others and that which doesn't hinder other people from knowing God. God forbid us do anything that puts a wall between someone coming to the knowledge of God. Like if there is something that we are doing, and this is just speaking about women that fall into this category, women making a claim to godliness. If there's anything that you are doing as a woman making a claim to godliness that hurts someone's life in general, like their opportunity to have life abundantly in Jesus, if there's something that you are doing, something that you're saying, or something that you are dressing yourself with, that is causing a stumbling block to someone else, whether it be someone new in the faith or someone that is an elder to you in the faith or someone that doesn't even know Jesus. If it causes a stumbling block, if it causes a roadblock, or if it slams into their vehicle on the path that they're on and makes them wreck, then you don't need to be doing it. Simple as that. Simple as that. So if that means that you are, you know, not wearing jewelry, don't wear jewelry. If that means that you're not wearing makeup, don't wear the makeup. You know, if you've got some crazy stuff that you were wearing before you got saved and you're having some kind of midlife crisis and you want to get back into that, don't do it. Don't do it. It's not, again, this goes back to, it's not about us. Just like it wasn't about Jesus, it was about the world. It's not about us, it's about how we impact others. And our submission unto the authority that is written in scriptures about not being a stumbling block for our brothers and sisters in Christ, not causing not being the cause. You do not want to be the cause that someone ends up choosing to walk away from God for. You don't want to be that person. 
it's it's uh, actually the exact opposite. It talks about the one that that um, that restores the the brother or sister in Christ. That one, you know, there's abundance of rewards for that person if you restore. So, um, I, I just I just want to encourage you to not get hung up on this argument topic, this dissension in the body. It's the the arguing over these things, picking apart different little things in in this instead of just submitting. Submitting to doing whatever it is that you need to do or not do, say or not say, so that your brother or sister in Christ's salvation stays intact. Their relationship with God stays intact. You know, the whole, the belief structure stays intact. So we can go back to Romans 14, where it talks about not arguing over whether this food or that food is okay to eat. It's whoever believes that this is sanctified, let it be unto him. Don't argue over it. Don't argue over it. And so when it is talks about it, Paul talking about it in, in culture, in this culture and time, you know, it's, it would have been distracting. Is it not distracting to men and women both? It literally tempts people that are in an environment to gossip. It does. And so then, then, okay, if what I choose to wear ends up being a potential, the, it gives the, the devil an opportunity, right? Against my brother and sister in Christ. Do I not love them more than I love myself? Right? Like, do I, would I not be willing to sacrifice that top that I bought a week ago so that my brother and sister stays on track? Pride is a sneaky, sneaky thing. And we must be mindful of this. Is it about me or is it about others? You know, wh what am I doing? Am I here to serve others or am I here to serve myself? Am I praying for others or am I only praying for myself? Or when I pray for others, is it for my own benefit? These are things to think about and things to consider because it's a proper alignment. If you make a claim to godliness, all of it has to line up. Otherwise, don't make a claim to godliness. Don't don't say that I am a woman of God or I am a man of God or even, you know, a child of God. If you are not going to emulate what the father would do if he was right here with you. And it also says. You know, we talk about, you know, do not even give the, the devil an opportunity, right? That's against others as well as against yourself. It's not just about you. It's like, don't give him an opportunity to attack someone else. Don't give him an opportunity to accuse someone else. He literally goes to and fro seeking, you know, who he may devour. And if you are the reason that your brother or sister gets devoured, woe to you. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. Everyone has the responsibility, yes, of their own choices and their own actions and their own decisions in this life. Yes, they have their own consequences to what they choose to do. I get that side of the argument as well. But there is responsibilities to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And there are responsibilities of the ministry of reconciliation back to God through Jesus that each, all of us are called to, each one of us has. If there is something that you are choosing to do that hinders someone accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord or Savior, you know, they, they're like, they say one thing and do another. Well, you're not letting your yes be yes and your no be no. You know, I can't, 
trust them as far as I can throw them. Well, then you're not emulating the love of God. His trustworthiness, his faithfulness. You're speaking deceit, manipulation. You're operating in cruel gestures, cruel joking. You're, you are, you know, using foul language. You're not speaking life. You're speaking death. So what is it that you are doing and how are you impacting the people around you is what we can glean from this. It's not just about, you know, um, doing things in, in a certain way, like checking the boxes. It's actually doing things in an, a way that honors the everlasting way that we hear about in, in Psalm 139, 23 through 24, you know, and it, and Proverbs three, five through six, you know, it's trust in, in the Lord, your God with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding, but in all your ways, all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight, you know, and then, you know, Psalm 139, 23 through 24, you know, asks, that inward searching question of the God who knows all to search you and know your heart and, and test that, you know, like if there's anything that is, that is in the darkness that is even hidden from myself, I want to know, you know, the heart is deceptive. Right. And, you know, it needs to be tried and tested constantly you know like it's a it's a consistent you know even uh, look at it like a weekly accountability meeting with father god asking him hey like okay how am i doing well you were you were real mean and hateful in your thoughts the other day toward that person that cut you off in traffic yeah yeah i was wasn't i i don't want to be like that God, forgive me. I repent of that. Show me what it looks like, though, to practice something else that honors you. Yeah, it's going to take a little bit to work some of this stuff out, but are you willing for it to be worked out of you? Or are you uh, loving your life more than you are loving God and loving others? There was an order and a sequence with that command, right? Love the Lord your God. And then also love others as yourself. There was an order. God, others, and then yourself. But it needs to be equivalent. So things to think about. Um, the the only other thing i would even dive into is you know just reiterating the importance that um that you you receive instruction from god and this is this is directed at women in verse 11 but it, it's for everyone you know um receive that instruction in submissiveness because submission is leadership right how can you lead others if you don't first know how to be led? And who are you allowing lead you? Yep. I think that's where I'm going to end um, for this session. It looks like we're out of time, you guys. So just remember that God loves you and he is here. He is here for you to, to seek this wisdom, this knowledge of him so that you, once you have it, once you've understood what the love of God is toward you personally, then you can turn around and share it with others. And in, in that way, you honor God and you honor others. But you can't do that if you don't know him and know his ways so that you can literally be that mirror of reflection of the love of God in Christ Jesus. So I just encourage you um, to stay in that relationship and and truly seek after him um, in abiding. What does it look like, Father? 
to abide in you and you in me. All right, you guys, I'm out of here until next week for another episode of Declaring War. Thank you so much for listening to this visit of the Declaring War segment by the RSVP Show. We hope these moments of reflection and stillness for victory in your pursuit of God were a blessing to you. We encourage you to continue to worship, apply, and read the Word of God every single day while today is still today. Stay connected with April at April D. Metzler through social media. New music singles and her debut music album are available to add to your favorite playlist on streaming platforms. And you can get a copy of her book wherever books are sold. Learn more about the great things she is doing to bless God and his people on her website at aprildmetzler.com. Thank you for joining this visit with us. Always remember, God loves you. Views made on the preceding program are not those of WVTC Radio, iNetworks Communications, or their financial supporters. Winning Victory Through Christ, WVTC, Allsip Chicago, and iNetworks Communications Station.